0: Hello, and welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Emmy Birch, and today we're talking to make a Georgia development person and specialist, Miss Megan Lowe. You're about to hear some incredible wish stories. We talk about how you get behind a mission and make something happen. Megan offers us lots of ideas for how we can find our place to authentically serve and give back in our communities. We talk about the power of community and coming together and how creating memories is really what it's all about. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Megan Lowe from Make-A-Wish, Georgia. Today on the Illuminate podcast, we are welcoming a Savannah friend of mine, Megan Lowe. Hello, Megan.
1: Hey, Emmy, how are
0: you? I am so very glad to spend some time with you today. What have you been up to? How was your fall so far?
1: Pretty good. Excited about rock and roll happening in a couple of weeks, so yes. running, running, running. Are you doing it?
0: I am. I'm pacing the 345 group. Okay. And very cool. this episode will release the Wednesday before, so oh, it's very perfect cool. timing.
1: My friend Katie, we're doing the relay, so yes. we're going to have some fun with it and She's been running, and I'm trying to get there. So we'll have fun. Yay! One.
0: Well, I'll <laughs> look at you at that relay position. How, Megan? How long have you been in Savannah? You're in—you're a local, No, you're military background.
1: Military background. We were transferred here when I was little, so I was not
0: born in Savannah, but I was raised in Savannah long enough to say I'm from Savannah. That makes sense. So you graduated high school and stuff here. Yes, I did. <laughs> Fabulous. I like to tell people I chose Savannah. There you go. Because it's so beautiful and wonderful.
1: Well, the military chose Savannah for us, but we chose to stay in Savannah. That is
0: key. That is key. Yes. So we are um, very blessed with our beautiful city. It is so cool. Did you go to college at one of the schools around here or did you leave for college and come back?
1: I left for college, went to Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. and then um, came back and was blessed to find a position that allowed me to get my master's degree while I worked. And then started getting my adult,
0: big girl jobs. <laughs> yeah, making making the adult things happen. Yeah. So what did you pursue for your degrees? Tell us a little bit about who is Megan Lowe? What makes you you?
1: Yeah, um, I attended Duquesne University and got my undergrad in public relations and advertising. And then my master's degree is in nonprofit management. So um, working in nonprofits was kind of a career path I chose Really based on my internship, I interned with the Pittsburgh Penguins hockey team. Cool. And uh, it was in their community relations department. And so every month we partnered with a different nonprofit organization. And so we were buying coats with the players for the Salvation Army. We did Toys for Tots. We did Make-A-Wish, which I know we're going to talk about in a little bit. And so it really opened my eyes to all the need out in the community, and it kind of helped me form the
0: nonprofit route that I wanted for my career. Did you do a lot of nonprofit volunteer stuff as a kid growing up, as a military kid?
1: We did. My mom and dad both really encouraged giving back. I remember when we would receive money for Christmas, we would have to donate half of it to a food bank or Toys for Tots and um, my mother is a nurse and so she kind of gave us the caring for others background and we just always were giving back so it really wasn't a big it really wasn't a big thing to choose this for my
0: career. Yeah it makes total sense so when you went to Duquesne did you know what you were majoring in? Were you one of those freshmen that came in like knowing what you wanted to do or were you just I'm going to go to college and see what happens?
1: No, I did not know what I wanted to do. I changed my major a few different times and kind of landed in communications um, with the public relations background, still not knowing what I wanted to do. And then really it was my internship that I knew the nonprofits were out there, but I didn't really know a lot about them. And so every single nonprofit I learned about their mission that we partnered with, and it really opened my eyes to, there are actually careers out there that people work at
0: these nonprofits, and it opened my eyes to a whole new career path. Okay, we're going to go down some of those not-for-profits in a second, but I have a question. You said Penguin and hockey. I don't know diddly about hockey, and you're from here, so I'm assuming you didn't know much about hockey when you went up there. How did you get involved with hockey? Okay. So I did know about hockey because my
1: family is originally from Detroit and Detroit has a very good hockey team and won many Stanley Cups when we grew up as children. And my dad would have the Detroit sports package. So we would watch all the hockey games as children. And all my cousins are still in Detroit area. So we knew about hockey. We just... Savannah hasn't embraced it yet, but it's coming. We are getting a hockey team. Yes, we are. And there's we like can a little classic teach there. You. Yeah,
0: I'll yeah. have to learn. It'll yeah. be something you can teach me <laughs> later. Maybe on a run. The internship was
1: convenient. It was immediately across the street from Duquesne's, Um, but I loved every minute of it.
0: So when you walked in the first day, you had no idea that you were going to walk away as a not-for-profit junkie, right? No. What were you walking in there as? What were you hoping to get from the internship?
1: I was really just hoping to work in an office setting. It was the public relations, community relations office. And so I knew that we would be working with other um, organizations. I knew we were working with other nonprofits, but I did not really have my heart set on this career path until after I completed the internship.
0: Okay. So what about not-for-profits grabbed you by the heartstrings?
1: You know, there's a big need out there and I grew up very blessed. I count my blessings every day and there's so many people that need people to have, they need help. They need others to assist them. And if you could just impact one person in this world, then you're doing an amazing thing. But what if you could impact more than one? And that's kind of, when we saw 50 children getting coats that wouldn't have coats because they couldn't afford them and the penguins hockey team were paying for these coats all of a sudden these kids have a winter coat and it's not and i'm i'm just so blessed that i kind of thought why not try to impact as many people as i can in this world and i'm just so blessed that why not give back and now I just count my blessings that I get paid to do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. After you got done with school and you came back here, how did you get into the not-for-profit world? For someone who's out there thinking, okay, I'd like to help more than one person. How did you get into I, the not-for-profit world and what all did you work with?
1: So I had a my first supervisor at the National Museum of the Mighty Eighth Air Force. He took a big chance on me. I had very little experience. And I did come from a military family. I grew up going to the museum and history class, but he really took a big chance on me, on my enthusiasm for nonprofits and supporting nonprofits. And he started my career as a development director in Savannah and I loved every minute of it. And I knew that I was doing exactly what I was supposed to be doing and, Man, did I have some good conversations with some World War II veterans there. And then I chose to kind of go a different path um, just based on the nonprofits that we worked with at the Penguins. I kind of wanted to go more in one of those nonprofit fields.
0: So you got your feet wet as a director of development in this, The Mighty Eight, which makes Mm -hmm. total sense because it ties into your history. And you learned what are some of the things you do as a director of development?
1: We do fundraising. So whether it's an event of 5K, we, um, whether it's an event sponsorship, whether it's having a conversation with an individual donor about where their money goes, it's really just getting behind the mission of the organization. And if you can get behind the mission with enthusiasm, then it really does just allow you to shine
0: as a development director. So your job was to take the mission and kind of Interpret it and highlight it to different people in the community. Exactly. Cool. Okay, so when you left the Mighty Eight, where did you go from there?
1: I went to Historic Savannah Foundation. So and talked to, and really that mission is to save the historic buildings of Savannah and the Davenport House downtown. And it was fantastic. Love history. Obviously, still in that history realm of savannah history and spent three years there before moving on to make a wish
0: did you do development things there as well I did. All fundraising same role okay so director of development now when you shifted to make a wish we're going to talk about the make a wish story in a second yeah. do you have director of development in your title here as well i am the
1: southeast development director for make a wish georgia
0: okay now <laughs> that we're there tell yeah. us all about make a wish
1: Yes. So one of the organizations that we partnered with at the Penguins hockey team was Make-A-Wish. I really wasn't very familiar with the organization, but obviously the Make-A-Wish children wanted to meet the players. And that was one of my department's responsibilities was to help grant the wishes on the Penguins side and I just fell in love. I absolutely fell in love. The wishes were magical, and I volunteered for every single one of them. I said, I will do the Make-A-Wish wish granting. If it's at night, if it's during the day, I will be there. And at that point, I made a mental note of this wonderful organization, and... Now, I just am so blessed that I gained the confidence of the Make-A-Wish Georgia staff to help grow the Make-A-Wish mission in Savannah.
0: So your job is to spread the word of the wishes or the wishies, or how does it all play out? Where do we find the people and what are their wishes?
1: Yes. So we have um, a lot of different referral sources refer the children with critical illnesses to our office and we have volunteers go out and ask the children what is their most heartfelt wish and it can be anything it can be to go somewhere to be anything to have anything Um, and so once that happens we part of my position is the fundraising so we will do different events we're doing a 5k half marathon in the spring if you want to participate in that and so once we have the fundraising and we get the, we can plan the wish, we will send kids to Disney World to Hawaii, they want playhouses, they want PlayStation 5s. If you can think of a wish, we have probably granted it.
0: Okay, wait, where do you find the volunteers first? So if the kids get to you by referral programs, who's responsible for finding enough volunteers to go meet all the kids?
1: So we have a volunteer recruitment and you can just email our office at georgia.wish.org. And there is a, um, or you can go to our website, wish.org Georgia, and there is a volunteer tab and you go through a little bit of training because you are meeting with children with critical illnesses, but it is absolutely fantastic to meet these little kids and to tell a child their wish is coming true is the best day of your life.
0: Does every state have their own Make-A-Wish?
1: So every state is a little different. So for Georgia, we have Make-A-Wish Georgia, and that's why I'm the Southeast Development Director for Georgia. And then Florida has more than one chapter because of its size. New York has a couple of chapters. California has a couple of chapters. So some are entire state. Some are maybe a tri-state area. And then for us, we are the entire state of Georgia.
0: So when these kids, you have to tell me your favorite story, like your favorite wish that's come true so far. Like I'm imagining these kids, I don't know, Disney World's. what, What are some of the wishes and tell us some of the stories.
1: So we just did Riley's wish to have a sparkly silver golf cart and that was in Richmond Hill, and Riley is six, and she has kidney disease, and so she had neighbors that had golf carts that rode around in golf carts in her neighborhood, and she wanted part of the fun, so she wished for a sparkly silver golf cart.
0: How did you make it sparkly and silver?
1: We did. So there is a local company that wraps cars, and they wrapped a formerly red golf cart, the sparkly silver.
0: You have and, pictures of this, right? Like we can yes. share pictures. picture.
1: Okay. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And so we, um, so we went out, the little girls from Richmond Hill, and due to COVID, we are trying to do more things outside. And so Richmond Hill put on an enormous parade for Sweet Riley, and the last car in the parade was her sparkly silver golf cart. So we had the Richmond Hill band, the high school cheerleaders, the police department, the fire department. We had a Black Hawk helicopter flyover, all. And, and that's what wishes do. They bring communities together and they bring joy, not only to the wish child, but every single person that attended that wish was just full of joy for being there. And it was, again, ma- the only word I can describe wish days is magic. It is absolutely magical to see the little child receiving their wish. And that's just one of many stories that we've
0: done. I'm sitting here thinking of this whole community togetherness. I mean, so so often it's great to find your niche and find your place to give back into the world and to make the world a better place. But what I hear you saying with these experiences is it changes these kids' lives, but also their family. It brings the whole community together. So for people listening, there's a way to get involved to work directly with the, with the wish asker, with the child. Yes. There's a way to get involved to make the wish happen. There's a way yes. to get involved to plan the the reveal or the experience itself yes. there there's there's a way to get involved just simply to support and be standing on the sidelines when the wish mm-hmm. happens there's Absolutely. so many ways to find your place
1: right and and it's not and some people will never want to ask somebody for money some people will say you know what fundraising is just not my thing but we had a black hawk helicopter fly over because somebody wanted to be involved. A helicopter pilot wanted to be involved in the wish. And all of a sudden they are volunteering to fly over and companies that want to wrap the golf cart in kind because that's their talent. And that just is such budget relieving. It's not It's not exactly fundraising, but it's still budget relieving for us. So we can apply that funding to another wish who may not have an in-kind sponsor. So there are so many different ways to get involved.
0: I got, I got, Um, I was just thinking about how, you know, so often we go through life trying to find our place and trying to feel where we can live to make a difference. And you and I don't have an issue talking, but someone might be listening and they're like, I never in my life would want to walk up to a terminally ill child and ask them what their wish is. But they might be the best craftsmen ever. Right. And so you've not just given us opportunities to explore ways we can find our best place to serve that will be mm-hmm. the most authentic to each individual, right? but also the power of asking. Like sure. Someone had to ask the rapper people to wrap the red golf cart. Exactly. And exactly. I love thinking about that.
1: And there are so many people who, even after Riley's Wish, came up to me and said, you know what? I can do this. If you ever need this, I can do it. And you just make a mental note of it because I promise you, I will circle back with you. And I will remember if you tell me you want to help make a wish, I will remember it and circle back with you when we need it. Because uh-huh. the the wishes, they're so creative. One time we did a Pokemon themed playhouse and So we asked a group of architects in Savannah to design a Pokemon-themed playhouse because they don't exist. And so a group of architects got together in Savannah on their lunch breaks and designed this beautiful Pokemon-themed playhouse. And I would have never thought that we would have needed an architect to design a Pokemon-themed playhouse, but here we were, and Savannah just gave back.
0: That's so cool to see. Did it work out in the end? Was it like the coolest playhouse?
1: It was. So they had the etchings on the windows and it was, they, it was absolutely incredible. They had different um, movable Pokemon themed. I don't even know what they were, but inside it was all Pokemon themed. It was supposed to be red, but they decided that a very red playhouse in the backyard was not going to match the house and so they <laughs> left it wood but but i i just love the i just love every single story because every single story there's a little bit of community involved mm-hmm. and for that one it was getting 10 competing architects and you know, in Savannah, Savannah is very small and there are a lot of architecture firms and they are all bidding on these big projects. And here I come saying, can you do this? And these guys sat at a table and worked on this project together. And it's just all about community and joy. And now
0: they were sharing the story that they impacted little Jonathan. I love the power of community that you're sharing and just the bright sparkle as you're thinking about how we can not only find a place to authentically serve and give back, but also ways to come together and be bigger as a whole. Absolutely. How does it work when they travel?
1: So, when they travel, because of COVID, we're just now inching back into traveling, but it's the same thing. If they want to go to Australia, to New Zealand, to london to disney world then we plan a trip for them and with different activities we have kids from outside of savannah that their wish is to come to savannah georgia and so we've had wish children on tybee we have wish kids that want to go down to the historic district and go on a haunted ghost tour and a trolley tour, all the things that you and I take for granted. Right. But so anytime I, I get that email that I wish a wish kid wants to come to Savannah,
0: I'm like, yay. <laughs> that is really cool. Okay. Hey, jumping in for a moment to tell you about our newest sponsor, Quip. Quip is an electronic toothbrush y'all with an app that is game changing. It vibrates and tells you when to brush the four different quadrants of your teeth. And at the end, it gives you a score on how well you did brushing your teeth. And my A-type personality was surprised to find out that I don't brush all four quadrants equally. Quip is so awesome. It sets you up with all different types of things. You get refills, you can change the colors of your Quip, they have cool colors, and there's rewards. So you earn points daily for brushing for two minutes twice a day you earn points for streaks you earn points for all types of things and then you can trade in those points for refills for fun accessories all sorts of things the neat part about the quip is that it's small it's easy to travel i just took it with me this past weekend on a quick trip and the vibrations are effective yet gentle on your gums so if you are like a sensitive gummy teethy person these are still really fun y'all i'm telling you though the app is what makes it for me It is such a great toothbrush. If you get to quip.com slash illuminate right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash illuminate. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash illuminate. Quip, the good habits company. What about the parents? So the
1: parents, I think, are the strongest individuals, in the world. They are some of them are trying to balance other siblings with these critically ill children. They're trying to balance jobs. They're trying to balance medical appointments. And so I think that they are just the strongest humans that I can think of. Um with that, with all these wishes, when they want to travel, the entire family travels. It is not just a wish child and one parent. The entire Family travels. So, we really do send the entire family on the travel wishes. Um, It is one of those things where, really, when a child is diagnosed with a critical illness, the entire family is affected in some way. And so, we do grant, although it is the child's most heartfelt wish, the family all gets to be involved with the wish.
0: So, you're creating memories for everyone that touches that child. Exactly. All right, so I, I'm thinking. I, I mean, I can't relate, but I'm I'm so inspired. How do you help these children find their most heartfelt wish?
1: It it's a very fun process. So some but there is kids, a
0: process because I'm like, I think that would change on the daily if you asked me my very <laughs> most heartfelt wish. It is so. It is it is very fun. Some kids
1: know exactly. I want to go to Disney World. I know a couple of years ago I met with a child and he had a stuffed Mickey Mouse at the meeting. So we knew exactly where we were sending him. Um other kids don't know and they kind of in the first meeting, they kind of we tell them exactly what they can do and then it's kind of circling back and saying, "Have you decided anything?" I personally know a family in Savannah where it took the girl about three months to kind of nail down her most heartfelt wish. And, um, but really we leave it up to them. Sometimes we can kind of ask, what are your favorite television shows? What are your favorite movies? To where you can kind of gauge, are they Disney or are they Spider-Man or Superman or Batman? And so sometimes we can help narrow it down that way, but it
0: really is a conversation on what their most heartfelt wishes. I love the process and the conversation. Mm -hmm. What's the youngest kid you've ever worked with?
1: The youngest child I've ever worked with is Riley and she was six and you have to declare your wish by 18. The youngest child is two and a half. So we grant the wishes between two and a half and 18. And so, um, and then the youngest child I've worked with is Riley.
0: There you go. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Wow. I would love, that's so, okay, so can people find these stories? Like, does the Make-A-Wish national brand highlight these stories in any way? They do. And you can go
1: on georgia.wish.org and our stories are there. And then you can also... Um, look on our Instagram and Facebook at Make-A-Wish Georgia. And we highlight these stories every single day from puppies to playhouses, to trips to the beach, wherever, whatever we're doing on meeting a celebrity, we are posting these. And because again, they just bring so much joy to the community. And especially right now, when I feel like our world needs so much joy. So Mm -hmm. yes, you can definitely go online and see these stories and all the things we're doing at make a Wish.
0: I'd love to scroll through and read Mm -hmm. some of these inspirations. I want to shift ever so slightly. I'm so inspired by the stories of these kids and their most heartfelt wish. But let's talk about this whole you actually having to fundraise for it. I'm still getting past the point that you really enjoy fundraising. Like that does not (laughs) sound enjoyable to me. So why do you like fundraising?
1: It is, it is a challenge. One, it is a challenge. Okay. And there are so many good organizations in Savannah and it is definitely a challenge, but the mission of the organization, I want to share our mission with the world. I want the world to know about these wishes and I want the world to know how they can impact a child. And so when, like i said before when you're when you're passionate about a mission of an organization that drives your fuel to fundraise and if you're that passionate and you see the mission at work and the donors funding at work it is actually very easy to ask somebody for funding for wishes because i see where their money's going and i can show them look at the child you helped impact. And that's very powerful.
0: You're able to tell that story. I still would never want that job ever. If you ever have a a child who wishes to run a marathon or a half marathon, I will push them anywhere they want to go. But please don't make me ask anyone for money. Right. But I love that you did connect it to your passion about the mission. And so when you're thinking about what you're going to do to raise the funds, like events you put together – how mm-hmm. do you infuse the mission into the events? Because that's kind of a life skill, right? We have to figure out in the daily how to live our life mission. So how do you do that with your sure. events?
1: We bring in the stories. And we bring in the stories that we feel will resonate with the audience. And it really, it our, our wish stories are what we do. That's how we share our mission is based on these stories and these very brave children they're so brave and we just share the stories that of the children we've already impacted and the need is that we have more children that need their wishes granted and so we have a goal at make wish georgia we're going to grant a thousand wishes in two years Whoa. and so around the state and so we are that is a huge number for us and we are just Really, going after granting a thousand wishes in two years. And it's that goal that's helping us fuel our fundraising.
0: Oh, I love that you said having a goal to fuel what you're doing. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if you just keep going, you might wake up in left field and not really have wanted to have woken up in left field. But if you know right. what you're going towards, right. how many wishes do you normally grant a year or so? I know COVID's happening, but how many wishes do you normally grant a year?
1: So the first year we granted, the first year I was at Make-A-Wish, Georgia, we granted 450 wishes. And then last year we granted 350. And so it should increase based on the fact that our children are starting to travel again and... So yeah the 1000 wishes in 2 years is going to help eliminate some of these kids that are waiting for their wishes to be granted once we can once we can grant those we can clear some of our pipeline and that way we can get ahead of the game a little bit
0: So you need to not only grant wishes that are waiting to be granted, pending wishes, just imagining little like little fairies getting ready to go down and grant wishes. (laughs) You have all these fairies lined up ready to send off and soar, but you need to have the volunteers to get the wishes. You need the kids to be referred to your program. You need the people who go through the referrals. There's a lot of process that goes into making that big goal happen. It is a
1: very large process. We definitely... First, we need the referrals of the children with critical illnesses, and so we have healthcare workers, parents, even children can refer themselves to us, and then once they go through the process of being approved and eligible for a wish, then we have the volunteers go out and they declare their wish, and then it comes back to us, and that's where our office starts granting the wishes and planning the wish-granting celebrations.
0: Oh, I love it. Oh, my goodness. What I what we've talked about today is I love that you're inspired by fundraising, <laughs> but you've also given me so many ideas about my own personal mission on this planet and why do I exist and how can I live wholeheartedly into that mission. And you've told these stories through these kids. And, man, that is – okay, before we go on to our end of podcast questions, sure. is there anything else that you want the listener to know about – Make a wish, Georgia Make a Wish, or just what they can do if they've been interested in these stories as well.
1: Yeah, just Georgia.wish.org and is our website and all of our information is on there and there are so many different ways you can help and it is all listed on our website. My information is on the website as well. So if there are any questions, they can definitely reach out to me. And if I can't, if I'm not the right person, I'll definitely redirect them to the right person that can help them.
0: Yeah. You're not afraid to ask questions. No. I love that about you. Okay. So let's jump over to some of the end of podcast questions because okay. with someone as excited about life as you, I bet these are going to be really good. Okay. All right. What is the most recent book that you have read?
1: So I am actually reading A Pilgrimage to Eternity by Thomas Egan. I'm Ooh. currently reading it and it is about a pilgrimage front to Rome and he learns all about Christianity
0: Okay, how did you get interested in that book?
1: So my roommate from college actually mailed it to me as part of a birthday present. My birthday was in August and she mailed it to me and she said, you would love this and I so I just started reading it probably about two, three weeks ago.
0: Okay, and what what's your normal type of book? Are you a nonfiction fiction? I really enjoy nonfiction. Um, but I also, you know,
1: sometimes you just pick up a, you just need that fiction where you don't really, you're not, it's just a nice little story. And I just finished the guest list a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago. That was a great, not true, but fun story. So I, I really like the nonfiction, but sometimes you just throw in one of those fiction novels to have a little
0: more fun. You know what I would love to see? Remember back in like the '90s, there was the Chicken Soup for Your Soul books. Yes, I would love to see a grana a wish book of all these stories, just put together in prose. That would be so amazing. So you could read them for inspiration. Yeah, that would be such a cool way to document and share. Yes, what you've been doing. Plus, I would read that like little daily, daily wish granting stories. Yeah, that would be so much fun. Okay, not on topic, but I'm back. <laughs> So what or who is illuminating around you right now or who's inspiring you? What are you inspired by right now? You know,
1: I definitely would say the wish families, the wish kids, but I also am really inspired by anyone who chooses a career that our society needs. Teachers, nurses, doctors, police officers, the military. I'm sure I'm missing some, but they are all individuals where our society depends on them. And mm-hmm. so I'm really inspired. I could never be a nurse. I, My mother is a nurse. I knew that that was not going to happen. I could never be a teacher. I knew that wasn't going to happen. And so for these individuals who choose that career, I really am inspired by that. They go through, um, it's a tough career, but then there's they go through some difficult times too so definitely our wish kids and wish families but also um those those people that choose careers that are difficult but our society definitely needs
0: yes oh that's beautifully said is there any part of your organization that we that you want to really illuminate? Normally we ask what's an, an organization you want to illuminate, but we're obviously illuminating Georgia Make a Wish. Right. But is there anything in particular that you would recommend that the listener go scope out? You know, our besides just going to
1: our website and learning more, our staff, we just we just live by these wishes. And when I say that our staff is incredible. We are just so pumped up for to do our jobs and we love our jobs and we count our blessings that we get to do our jobs and we meet some of the most wonderful children and so our staff it we just work so hard to grant these wishes and it really is a vocation for us. It's more than a job. We we live to grant these wishes. And I can say that not only for me, but our entire staff.
0: That's so cool. I definitely want to go to the next big thing you have to invite me. Okay. All right. Last question. What is a message you want to send to the world before we sign off today? Yeah, I think the message
1: that I would send is just to be kind to others, to be kind You never know what somebody's day is bringing them. You never know what somebody's life moments at that time are bringing them. And a simple smile as you walk by may be the only time that person sees a smile all day. And a simple kind gesture maybe mean the world to somebody. So just, I think we could all just be kind to others and the world would be a better place. Well,
0: thank you so much for coming on, Megan. Thank you for sharing your story and telling us all about Make-A-Wish and inspiring us with these wish stories. Oh my goodness, I kinda wanna see the silver golf cart.
1: Okay, I'll send you pictures.
0: <laughs> okay, perfect, I'll link it in the episode notes. Okay. Thanks for coming, Megan. Thanks, Emmy. What if you really could impact more than just one? There is so much wonder and power of a wish and so many opportunities for creating memories. I hope these stories today have inspired you, have made you smile, and are illuminating whatever it is you're doing today. Because you, my friends, you're an important part of this world, and I'm so thankful you listened today. If you have a second, please rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find this podcast. That helps us get more people illuminated and listen to the stories. You can also check us out on our new Patreon page at patreon.com slash theilluminatepod. I can't wait to see what we talk about next. Have a great day.